Now, broadcasting on Radio Star Worldwide, it's time for Dr. Rademacher's Prescription for Transformation. Let's tap into your own authentic genius and live the life you desire. Join Dr. Rademacher for an enlightened conversation about our brain intelligence, our body intelligence, and our energy intelligence. And now, here's your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. Welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, prescription for your transformation, real people, real conversations, and real success. Um, Broadcasting live from uh, three different countries, in fact, I'm out here in the uh, Bahamas. My producer, wonderful Sedona, out there, she's in uh, Arizona, so that would be the United States. And of course, my uh, of course my wonderful guest out there in British Columbia, Canada. And so, it's an interesting talk for today. I'm delighted to um, you know, bring back an amazing uh, uh, guest that I've had on, on many occasions uh, before, because we we're talking about something that's that's very important for all of us and it really is all about our destiny how is it that we get to show up in this world and however you want to define that however you want to define your your personal essence your personal being your personal legacy whatever that might be uh, in this world is is what matters and so the challenge that I see oftentimes, and this is particularly relevant with my platform, is helping people figure out what they don't know that they don't know. And so today is about that journey within us. And, and if we have the courage and awareness to define it for what it is, and that truly is the hero's journey. But here's what's important to put it all in context. It's that the symbolism, well, let me rephrase it, the primitive brain within us, mostly within the unconscious mind. It's a very symbolic uh, process that it goes through. So it understands it processes information, context, situations, perspectives in a very symbolic way. And so what's interesting, when we talk about mythology, when we talk about um, you know archetypes, these kinds of things, it represents a whole host of different elements of life that in an instant we can get an essence of that intuitively we understand it yet consciously in actual language we don't necessarily we can't necessarily define it and so what's important in this process is how do we get to identify with that hero within us or heroes of others so it's really the inner versus the outer journey and what's fascinating for me then to see with the advent of technology and information and, and and how it, it quickly evolves is just absolutely amazing. The amount of knowledge pretty much doubles every two and a half years, and it's an exponential growth. So our technology has advanced in the last 40 years more than it has done in the last three and a half years. So what's, what's not catching up, what's being separated in a sense, it's that inner, inner world because we're so focused on the external world. And that's what's great about Edwin Copper, real people of music, because through our voice, He's also going on this journey, helping other people on their journey journey of that hero within us. And I want to thank you, Ed, for joining me today to give people an idea of what this is really all about. Because, you know, we see the movies, we see the stories, you know, we fall in love with all these different things. And we don't quite necessarily appreciate the meaning of that journey these people undergo and how it relates with our own lives and our inner world. So Edwin, thank you for today. Thank you. That was very well put. So, well, thank you. And and I had a little bit of help because you and I talked beforehand. And and Sedona, this also relates to you because and everyone else listening, because it's also how we get to overcome our conflicts. And, and the first step is recognizing that we have these challenges or conflicts within us, and it's the hero within us that overcomes them. But Edwin, I want to start first with um, your journey, because you have something really cool to share with me just beforehand. You know, why is it that you chose to go on this path with the hero journey? Well, that's a great question. Um, I'll be brief. I'll, I'll try to be. 
Um, <laughs> I've been not possible. That's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. The thing is, I've been working with the voice with people since about nineteen eighties, and um, and I was working in a very unique way because I'm I'm not trained in school or college or classical voice or anything like that. But I discovered a brilliant teacher who started off one of the great opera singers, but broke the mold because she lost her voice in an accident and had to learn to sing kind of against the grain, you know, um, not in the orthodox way. She had to find her body again. And she found her voice again, even though it was damaged. Um, and the way she taught was so unique. And it was all about being in the body all about being in your own body because that was the what really creates the sound of your voice we learn to speak and but that's an adopted language that's a learnt language and there's nothing wrong with it but it it takes time often it doesn't communicate very effectively but however that's how we learn to speak and that's how we learn a lot to sing as well we copy copy and paste kind of thing but the true voice comes from that connection into the body and allowing that energy to flow freely. And it's the inner body, which is kind of the world of the, um, of the psyche, the world of the inner world that we have that wants to express itself and be connected to our so supposed outer world. So I was already going in that direction. And then I learned about the archetypes in the 90s, which I'll go into later and um, formed this whole kind of system of being able to take people into their inner world. Um, I wasn't trying particularly to do that. I was just exploring this realm of the archetypes. And um, we discovered that everybody has an inner world. Everybody has this world of these four primary archetypes. That it's not as if somebody has this one and somebody has this one. Everybody has their four archetypes and everybody's archetypes are in certain condition according to their life experience. Okay. And the thing is in, and that life, that experience therefore shapes the condition of your inner world, the inner world, the archetypes and your outer world is really just a reflection of that. It's not as if the outer world is the reality. I don't think it is, personally. It's what we perceive or think is the reality, but what we think is not necessarily the truth. Um, but so, the, so what are the what are those archetypes? Just so well, the four inner that. worlds of the archetypes are the warrior. Everybody has a warrior. That's your action. That's your instinct to protect yourself. These are instinctual psychic psyche energy. Has nothing to do with whether you believe in this or not. It's just a re they're a reality. Everybody has a warrior. If you don't have a strong warrior, you're going to be squashed. You're going to be hurt easily, and you right. and you won't and you won't take action on on your ideas. You'll be lazy or or afraid or whatever. Uh, everybody has a mind. That's the skill that you've learned. In a lot of cases, that's a skill you've learned in school or wherever. You became a plastic surgeon. You had to learn that. But it's also right. a value that you have because that, you know, I can do this for you and therefore you will give me a reward or money in exchange. So that's our exchange value. That's our value. That's the part of us that looks at something and understands it, etc. So everybody has that. Everybody also has a lover. A lover. That's the connection. That's the fact that I can see you on the screen and the, and the, and the palm tree behind you and 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 I can get a sense of the feeling of the place right. and nothing to do with the intellect. And then everybody has a sovereign, which is your being. This is basically the essence of who you are. This is your spirituality. This is your connection with the divine or heaven or the, the universe, whatever you want to call that. And so everybody has these four aspects and, and they're primary. You know, the warrior is doing, um, the magician is thinking, the lover is feeling, and the sovereign is being. That's it. That's a human being. 
You know, right. there's nothing else. What else is there? You, it's going to be one of those four. <laughs> and my wife, who you've met, she's pretty remarkable in the way she can see that world. She can see it in anybody. You know, and she used to do sessions with people where they just sat there and she would describe their inner world. Exactly what it was. But the problem is they weren't doing the work, so <laughs> she right. decided to make you do it instead. But she can see it. And so she could, and she said there are only four. There's not a fifth archetype looking around. Maybe when all four come together, there is some sense of completeness, wholeness. And maybe that's some fifth state, but it's not an archetype. And yeah, so I, I would imagine. Well, I would imagine that, I mean, you know, we can group pretty much all of our experience within those four, and then there's nuances and, and you know, subtleties in each of, of that. But it's one of the four, and, and I would totally agree with it, because it's being and, and you know, feeling, it's It, it, it feeling makes life a lot simpler. I mean, I've right. seen some other people who are doing archetype work, and they got like eight archetypes, but clearly they haven't got all four. And in particular... Right. And in particular, they don't have the male and female of each, which is huge. And that's what Shea saw, that there was a male and female of each archetype, and they're meant to be working together. Now, when we go in with somebody, we find the male and female can be really separated and really damaged and don't even like each other, let alone work together. <laughs> so we don't have a and, very and whole human being. Yeah, and what's really interesting is that with a little bit of education, anybody can really begin to appreciate you know, the different archetypes and the different uh -huh. energies, uh, masculine and feminine. And just with these eight categories, if you will, or, um, it's really then easy to, then to navigate your every moment. And so, for example, today I had some certain experiences and I thought to myself, well, hang on a second, you know, where's my sovereign right now? You know, wh where does he need to be? And, and is he showing up the way that would be most ecological in this very, very moment? Or when it's the lover, or whether it's the magician or the warrior, you know, and it's easy then to associate with those entities, and then make it even more magical. Not, no pun intended there, but oh, it's a very magical uh, world. Yeah, you know, looking at the masculine and feminine, where you know we are so uh, compartmentalized when it comes to these kinds of energies because of society and cultural norms and everything else, and you know now there's so much stigma about being masculine or feminine. You know, either however you want to slice it. But what's important is that these elements, when we can associate and relate to them at, at intuitively, you don't need a lot of education. You don't need a master's program in any of this. But just with a minimum amount of education, you can then begin to relate so much better with your inner world. And that will then manifest itself in the end. But here's so here's beautifully I, put, Bart, because okay. beautifully put, because it's like it's not an intellectual process. It doesn't matter how much education you've had. In fact, in a way, the, the education... Well, I, there was a guy in Japan who had a PhD. He said, Edwin, I have a PhD. He said, I also have all the, all the um, side effects of it. <laughs> there you go. It's brilliantly put. You know, so you've got a PhD, so you've been brainwashed in a lot of different ways. <laughs> some of that brainwashing is good. Some of it you didn't need. <laughs> You know, so let's so let's so, so let me just the, finish, let me just finish this yeah, train of thought because it's a very good train of thought. Um, so the thing is, it's the inner journey in inside yourself. Unless you've experienced the, you can know about the archetypes or even have read about them, but if you haven't experienced your own archetypes and the condition of them, you really don't know. You don't know who you are inside. And there's a beautiful thing that. Um, Joseph Campbell wrote, he wrote, because of the complete and full decay of our human heritage of ritual, morality, and art, the lines of communication between the conscious and the unconscious zone of the human psyche have been cut and we have been split in two. Holy cow. Oh, I mean, it's so like... <laughs> Holy cow, we think we know it all, but we don't. We, we Unless we have that inner perspective, and some people 
people are craving it. They're trying to get it any way they can, even with drugs and rock and roll. It doesn't matter. They're trying to go in. And our movies and our stories have always been the kind of roadmap for that, even the drawing on the wall by the caveman or the or the movies that we see. It's it's They're trying to take us into that world to understand it because that's where the treasures are. That's where... All the stories are about some dude who's in trouble because his father's dying, goes somewhere to get an amulet, is told not to do this particular thing, finds the amulet, but then does the thing he's not meant to and wakes up some ogre and has to fight the ogre. And then finally he beats it after a couple of years. He's been away now. And then finally he comes back with a horse load of treasure because he's beaten the ogre and they pay him for it. And he comes back and his father is healed who was dying. And he can marry the girl with the most beautiful face in the village now. That's the story of life <laughs> pretty well in, in so many aspects. It's always been the story. But the movies we are meant to, if we understand them properly, are meant to take us into that, the stories. And we've lost our stories. Our music doesn't even take it in there. And the movie stars, when they're when they're interviewed on TV, they talk about the color of their underwear. You know, I mean, it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. Anything to get attention, you know, to look groovy. You know, Tom Cruise talks about his incredible stunt making. That has nothing to do with the inner world. Come on, dude, wake up. Help people understand their inner world through your movies and what they're about. Talk about the meaning of the role on a deeper level. This will be far more servient to people and far more empowering for people and for yourself. Um, and the whole movie industry is just a hoax in that sense. Well, let, let me ask you a, a critical question. Sorry about that, Rat. <laughs> no, no, no. Let, let me ask you a critical question because this is a question that, that I struggle with or oftentimes struggle with. It's simply this. And, you know, being, you know, an incredible coach myself, you know, wanting to help people when they're stuck in their world. And, and many times get a lot of pushback because they're not ready and they don't want to be coached. And, and so my question to you then is that as much as, as what you say is actually true, um, I'm wondering if, if uh, Hollywood would lose its uh, viewership, you know, if we got too deep. Because I, I'm, I'm questioning whether people, most people are really ready for that kind of insight. I mean, if Tom Cruise... People know, are so ready, his, Bart. People are ready. Do, they I, might not know I, they're I ready. I, they might not think they're ready, but God damn it, they've got to be ready. <laughs> well, you know, that's something that we can talk about because too often I just find that people are, are just are not okay, ready so to take it, it in. They may, go ahead. Okay, i gotta, I got to say this. So many times I've had clients come and say, well, I've dealt with that. And they've been using one of what we call the... Um, we call them the um, intellectual sciences or the science of the mind. And that's <clears throat> psychotherapy, you know, ra rational reasoning. NLP is one of them too. But these are all mental sciences. They do not create real transformation. Let me explain this. This is what we've realized starting this hero's journey. And it's blown our minds. Real transformation is taking the dark energy of the inner psyche and turning it into an empowering force for your life. That is the journey. That is the journey of every hero. They go into the village, they find the amulet, they rescue the maiden, they kill the demon. But these demons, they're all inside us, the stories inside us. They're in the psyche. That's where the work has to be done, and people aren't doing it. People think when you come to them and say, I want to do work with you, they think, oh, another science of the mind, shit. It get, and the thing is, what we found repeatedly, okay, so you've dealt with such and such, but then when we go into the archetypes, what do we find? You haven't dealt with it. It's still there. That pattern is still it takes there. A lot of, but it takes a lot of courage, to be honest. I mean, it takes it a does, lot of well, courage. It takes going to the right place. You have to go inward. And this is what yeah. we discovered. This is, this is brilliant. What we discovered to do in our work is to get the male and female. It could, doesn't actually just have to be the male and female. 
But we get the male and female, in this case, to hold hands. Now that is actually touch. And therefore, that's the love. The love is what heals, period. The love heals because agree. love is unbounded. It knows no boundary. And therefore, when you reconnect with the lover energy between even in the warrior or even in the magician, then their energy starts to flow again. But here's the thing that we found, and this really blew my mind. It doesn't actually heal until you get to 90% plus. You can be at so 80%. So what do you mean by, what do you mean by 80%, 90%? Well, I ask a question like, okay, so you've got your male and female connecting. And I'll say, well, how much love, how much energy is flowing? And you'll say, I don't know if it was you, but somebody said the other day, 7.25% or something. I went, that is wild. Oh, no, that was not me. Okay, okay. Somebody did. And I went, well, that sucks. You're not going to be able to get anything done at that percentage. So here's the beautiful thing about it. Love, naturally, when you touch, the, the love begins to flow. You, don't, you can't try. You can't force it. You can't force love. You know that. You can't pretend to love. It's either happening or it's not. But if it is happening, it grows naturally. Love knows no boundaries. So sooner or later, he got it up to 85 in that one session. And he felt pretty good. But when you go into 90, you go into what I would describe as cosmic love, universal love, uh, the love of the, you know, a God, if you like. So, and so, so, and so what, happens in that, what happens at that moment, sorry, that is when the healing happens. And that is when you go, oh, I get it. So, so put it in context. Yeah. Put it in context for a moment for those people who are not familiar with that process. Yeah. Okay. Fair and, and just so that they know, because you know, I've gone through this process. I understand what, what you mean by eighty to ninety percent. But just yeah. explain uh, what what process you take someone through, and and we're not going to put Sedona on the spot at this point. Um, okay, I will. Explain it. You can. You so can put me on the spot. I forgot she was there. <laughs> Good. You're very well, quiet. <laughs> Well, she's been very busy there, uh, Edwin, answering phones and writing notes. <laughs> so, now just go ahead and explain to people what 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 the, what's that process? How how do okay, people get so, to connect the the, uh, the masculine and the feminine energy of the lover? Okay, so I'll back up. I'll take a typical case study. This okay. woman, she was a coach, and she was coaching and teaching coaches to coach. Uh oh, and those are the words. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> and she was successful, very successful at it. And she said, my money is down. My, my income is down this year. Can you help me out? I said, well, I'm not a businessman. I'm not going to give you a strategy or anything like that. But let's look at the architects because I was interested. And the warrior was very strong. I asked her, how is your warrior? 60% of people, everybody sees them. 60% of people actually visualize them, see, actually see them. Um, but and that improves as they work with them. So it's not like I'm not making this stuff up when I say it. You know, this, you know, after 20,000, 10,000 sessions or something, you know, no, I'm not making this stuff up. It's consistent. And, um, mm -hmm. um, and, and so the, the um, magicians were really happening. Okay. And then the sovereign, uh, sovereigns had a really good vision. So, and then I thought, and the lovers, they were together and happy. Her male and female lover were both together. She didn't always see both of them, but she saw the male and female together in this case, and they were happy. However, it was the lovers that I felt I needed to work with. I don't know why, it was, my, call it my instinct. And I said, well, tell me about your lovers. And she said, well, they're in my chest. I'm always looking for physical location because that gives you information. That tells you the real thing when you know their location. Otherwise, you're making stuff up. But if you've got the energetic location of something, you can tune into it and you get real information. So she said, they're in my chest in a little hut. And they're together. And they're, and they're happy. I said, okay, so how old are they? She said, they're 17. Well, she's 40. So I'm going, okay, something's out of whack. What happened when you were 17? That's my question. And she says, well, I met my high school sweetheart. And um, I married him and I've been with him ever since. And this is where I, you know, interpreted that. 
for what it's worth, but it's pretty obvious. You froze time. Why? Because you were afraid to lose the love. It was so perfect, you didn't let him grow up. Now, love, lovers, by nature, as they grow up, you expand your love. First of all, it's just you and your girlfriend. <laughs> then it's the children that you have, if you have children. And then it's the people that you work with, clients, your secretary, the people, your associates, and then it's your village. And then it's your, your world and your, and your, and your, your, your country and, and the universe. It, it's always expanding as you grow up. It's meant to expand. You're meant to become a really pretty highly evolved individual by the time you leave the body. And so you can grow love. People don't realize you can grow love. Well, she clearly had not grown the love. And I said, that's why your business isn't growing. People don't get this in business, that lover energy is extremely powerful for business because it expands you. And she, so, so, she, was, she was blown can away. I, can I stop you there for a moment with a question? Yeah, I probably lost track. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, no, you're doing great. So my question then is this, is that if she's 40 years old, so are you saying that, you know, with a well-balanced you know, lover, masculine, feminine, that, that that age should be 40 as well. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So what I okay. did was have them hold hands and tell them wait, to wait, follow wait, the wait. energy. Hey, hold on a second. So my mm -hmm. question is this, which I'm sure the, the listeners are, are eager to find out, is what causes that to be stuck at a certain age? I mean, what's that process? I mean, I have my own thoughts about it, and I'd like to hear yours. Well, I think it's going to be a bit different with every person. And I'm just guessing with this person because I never really got to flow, follow that, that experience she had. But obviously she was afraid of losing the love. Perhaps in the past, in her life, maybe when she was five years old or eight years old, she lost the love of somebody. And so when she had that intense experience of the love again, she didn't want to lose it. So, you know, we do tricks in the mind. We do things to, well, she didn't grow up. She didn't let herself grow up. She froze time, like I said. And I don't know the reason for sure, but she certainly did it. And, well, and I would agree with you because what I was going to say is that, more in general terms, is that based on all, all, all sorts of different beliefs and values that we gain uh, as we're growing up, and typically the, 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 the fundamental ones are generated with the first, you know, five, six, seven, eight years of our lives based on all sorts of situations and traumas that are captured in their unconscious, but they manifest itself absolutely in our uh, physical reality. And then what happens is that we build these different types of expectations of, of what life is all about, as well as what we want life to be. And when we have this magical love then, this brilliant, wonderful experience yeah. at the age of 17 in this particular case, I think you're absolutely right. We hold on to it, you know, and, yeah. and we'll never let go. And so, so you're right that the the evolution, the involvement, if you will, of that lover or the maturity maturation process of the lover is at a stop, exactly as you said, because based on the beliefs and values and experiences, they don't want to lose something that they thought at that moment that they may never get again. Totally, and totally. Absolutely. So, so for people to appreciate, so it's because... profound. And, and again, I didn't try to deal with her answer question. Right. I, I dealt with that, but I, I, I checked back with her, and she was money was coming in again because she was expanding, and she got up to thirty-eight years old in that one session. That's the beauty about mm -hmm. the archetypes. So much faster than trying to work with it in the outside world of the mind, the mental sciences. And what's interesting then is I may jump in with my own personal experience with you and, and me being very much that scientist and intellectual, but yes, also yes. able to able to very well navigate in the, the unknown, if you will, the inner world and the unexplainable. What my experience with you then and your wife was that I just let the, the answer come naturally, organically, without any thought. And so whatever whatever answer intuitively came up, is the one that I gave. And so for people listening in, you know, when the question is asked, okay, you know, where is that archetype? Where is the lover? Where is the magician? Without any kind of thinking, I, I say something. 
And then when it comes to the age, without even knowing why, without trying to explain it, without even thinking it through, you know, I'm just giving out an age. And then what's interesting through the process of questioning with, with Edwin, what he then does, then does is just do a little bit of investigation, exploration, if you will, and then allow myself then to make all the interpretations and uh, explanations and therefore the, able to make the shifts. Yes. Beautifully put. Yeah. Again, another example, this one guy I was working with, I'll just cut right to the chase. I, He was very clear. He could see his inner world very well. And I said to him, well, where is your king? Uh, he said he's in my lower back and he's five years old on a swing. <laughs> so what, you know, I asked the obvious question, well, what happened when you were five? My father died. Holy cow. So here's a, Here's a 40-year-old CEO, fifth, I don't know, he was 40, 50, something like that. And he's got a five-year-old king, and he's, a, he's like a CEO. Hey, this is not good. You have so many so-called leaders in our country who are meant to be sovereigns, who are just, he had a very big and very clever magician, so he could fool everybody. And that's what most of us, unfortunately, are doing, because our education system is extremely magician. And we give the magician all the power. And the magician doesn't really want that power, doesn't really want even want, he doesn't even want that gig. He doesn't want to pretend to be the king. I mean, it's just not his nature. It's what, not who he really is. So who, is our, he, who is the magician? The magician really is like the, interestingly, he's like the witness, he's the mind. You observe. And you figure things out. And in, in nature, he's very silent. At the core of him, there's nothing. Because if there isn't anything, then there's prejudice. <laughs> if you've got an opinion, if you got an opinion, then you're going to try to defend that opinion, right? And he's also the trickster, right? It also can be the trickster, the manipulator. Most advertising is dark magic. Not all. But, you know, Coca-Cola is natural. Get out of here. It's not. <laughs> Bullshit. It's, no, wait, 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 wait. Coca-Cola is the real thing. I'm sorry. You have been really well brainwashed, dude. <laughs> but I love that brainwashing from Coca-Cola. I mean, I have to tell you, they have some... I like Coca-Cola. And, and, and it's just a beautiful, you know, cultural uh, expose of, of where we're at. And I yeah, remember yeah. back when I was 12 or 13 and just seeing this group of young teenagers in a Volkswagen drinking a Coke on the, on the side of a, of a mountain overlooking a beautiful landscape. And it's like, wow, this is life. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It has awesome association. It's deep in the psyche. But I'm just saying you most, unfortunately, most of the magic, well, it's beginning to change. Truth and honesty is breaking open. I mean, it's hard to hide anymore. Um, but you know, the magic, the magician has been. There's been a lot of dark magic happening, and it's it's time for it to end. It doesn't serve us. It's not going to move us forward as a human race and as a spiritual race, and it's not going to move us forward in our true hero's journey. What we, which I define as, and I'm still working on that definition. I define as what you really came here to do that was totally heroic totally the greatest thing service you could bring to this incredible planet and its people well let's talk more about that because yeah th that's the exciting part of you know what it is to be that hero and you know, I, I think once again there's so many misconceptions about you know what a hero is and what our purpose in life is and and unfortunately i think a lot of people are driven to be to or driven or forced to be unaware of yeah. actually their true potential. And, you know, I had a great conversation today and it came to realize that, you know, one of my own, you know, personal challenges is, and, and it manifests itself in, in a lot of different, um, not, I would, not what I would say unhealthy ways, but uh, ways that didn't serve me at the highest level. And it's, and it really comes down to one fundamental thing. And that is that I'm not living up to my full potential. And and my guess is that that's what's, what's going on with most people, except that they're just not aware of that. 
they're not they're totally they got nowhere to gauge it because they can look at it on mm -hmm. the outside world and get some sort of picture of that but what really tells you is when you get into your archetypes and you see the level of exchange that they're having and the and the and the level that they're literally playing at um for most people i mean as a surgeon i would imagine you're functioning at least in the 80 percent range to be as successful as you've been um but most people even in their work are only functioning at about 50 or 60. you know they're doing enough to get by and some are less than that and and that's just not healthy and that's not a fulfillment. So how do you how do you break how do you get people to become aware of the fact that you know what you know um, there's so much more for you? They have to be shown they're in a world. Then how do you do that? I mean, how how do you get well, people I, to I come ask to you? To sit and, okay, so let's do a, a brief experiment. And you've already done this, but it doesn't matter. I'll do it for the people listening. Okay, so if you think about somebody you know well, say like your mother, even whether you know her well or whether she's alive or dead or whether you like her or dislike her, those are all irrelevant factors. The fact of the fact of the matter, everybody has a mother or they wouldn't be on the planet. So if you put your attention on her, on your mother, you will find her energy somewhere. So is that true, Bart? Yeah. Where? Okay. And is she behind you, in front of you, around? Where is she? Well, right now she's uh, to the front and to the right. There you go. Very simple. It's that simple. So now put your attention on your your warrior. Where is your warrior? Okay, right now my my warrior is in my mid gut. In your mid what? Mid gut. So my mid -gut. There you go. Okay, so this. This is accurate, and you don't even have to see them for this. You can just sense where mm -hmm. it is. You feel the energy. Everybody can do this. So it's very easy, and you might see them right away. You might, oh, my worry's in my mid-gut. Oh, he's a fat little chubby guy, you know. <laughs> There's no, no but, limitations. But, no, my, my question was, was more uh -oh. of a practical one so far as you know, how do we get people to become interested or aware or oh, desiring? Well, hopefully conversations shit. like this, when people hear this, they go, oh, this is interesting. I'd like to check that out. Or maybe you did it with me when I did it and you discovered that your warrior was, you know, not as strong as you thought or really worried. Or you discovered that it was a male or a female. I mean, the only way is you have to be shown this world. That's what we discovered. Most people uh, maybe got some idea about it, but no idea how to connect with it. You have to be shown how to connect with it. And then once you start playing with it and realizing the kind of benefits and transformation that can happen by shifting this inner world, you get hooked. That's all there is to it. You, you're connected to it again. It is your world. It's not like something that you, that only a few people can get. Everybody can access this inner world. And we're meant to be living with this inner world. We're meant to... That way you can tell the sort of people you're meeting and who they are, you know? Because if you meet someone and obviously they're a clever magician, you don't want to try to woo them with, you know, a lot of emotional stuff. It, they're going to just phase you off, you know? You've got to talk to your subject and, and you get to understand why they acted like they did. There's a great story in Africa. When somebody was in trouble as a last resort, they put him in the center of a circle. And they would only ask one question. What is left unsaid? And the person was allowed to speak and say anything with no punishment, with no criticism, nothing. And sooner or later, under those circumstances of so much acceptance around you, the truth comes out, even if it's a heavy truth. But once you speak the truth, the truth will set you free. That's the truth of it. And so... That's what we're doing. I'll just finish this with what we're doing in that. We take you into your inner world of the archetypes. And our songwriting technique allows this truth to come out. Because it's all about the stories. We've got to rewrite our stories. Rewrite the song we're singing. Because we've been listening to our songs and not even appreciating it, how they're connecting to our inner world. We're trying to have them take us in 
to our inner world so that we can reconnect again. It's beautiful. So, now, please, please ask me a question. <laughs> I, I had to say the no, same thing. No, absolutely, and, and I think it's, it's so relevant to, to appreciate that, that we keep on you know, telling ourselves this story you know, over and over and over again. Over and, and over the again. Story is, and the story is based on what I would like to call that immature brain that was faced with an, an experience that um, was leading the, the child to respond in, in terms of how do I survive this? How do I overcome this? How do I not die of this? And unfortunately, yeah. the immature brain not, not, able, not able to fully process that experience in the most sensible way and making its own decisions that were appropriate to, to, to stay alive in essence, you know, mentally, psychically, but in truth, it didn't serve at the highest level. And what happens then, that gets reinforced over time. And, and so, in essence, what someone is doing is telling ourselves the untruths. And my point that I wanted to share with you, uh, Edwin, is that I had, I had an incredible experience uh, last year when I went to New Zealand and joined a, um, the oldest tribe in the world, which is the Waitaha, which are the water bearers in the wow. North, North Island of uh, New Zealand. And it was a phenomenal experience because there's a group of thought leaders, coaches, and, and others who joined this tribe uh, for about three or four days. And, um, and we all gathered in this large hall. And we must have had about 50 people in there. And 30 of us, and then the rest was you know, part of the tribe and, and the tribal leaders. And, and actually, it's in this area, the Waitaha North Island of New Zealand, where the Dalai Lama actually goes to retreat as well. And what was wow. interesting is is that what they were sharing, the two things, two points that I want to share right now, and one of the leaders showed up, and, uh, and what's fascinating is that they're all types of heritage. I mean, they're, they're from all over the world. This is a world tribe, and so you had somebody who looks fully English and then an Indian, and then from, you know, the... the the Asian countries and whatever. So it, 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 the heritage is from all over the world. And so here's this English type fellow talking and saying, look, you almost have to leave home to find out who you really are. And, and that's point number one. But point number two, what was important is that in this environment, you know, they only have one rule. And that is there are no rules except for do no harm. And so it's in that space that people can be witnessed and they can just talk and talk and tell the story and, and what's going on with their lives. So they get it all out. And what's cool about it is that the entire community, it's just non-judgmental. They're just honoring and witnessing you know, the truth of this person so that they can then wow. heal themselves. And that's precisely what you just said. And, and, it, and it's so relevant today because we're hiding so many, in essence, lies to ourselves that we only, you know, tapped into earlier on just to, to, to do what we thought we were doing was to save ourselves. And in essence, uh -huh. it's that very, that very thing that stops us from moving forward. So I like what you said. You know, this is that process by which you can become truthful to yourself in a very safe and organic and natural way so that you can then become who you really are, especially as you symbolically are able to relate to the different Interesting. Wow. That's be so beautifully summed up. And, um, yeah, you said it all. It's like, but the bottom line of it, this hero's journey is inward. You know, it's not that such and such has to happen before you can do something. It's it's you have to go inward. That's where the answers lie. That's where the healing happens. That's where the soul is made whole. When these four architects come together and begin to actually communicate on the highest level, that that's wholeness. And and like I said, you know, you can think you've healed and you can think you're totally happening in your life and everything's on, but that can be just mental masturbation, basically. Um, excuse the word, but it's true. It's true. You just made that, that. You just and, made that shit up, and you actually believe it. <laughs> and, and and that's what I, I believe 
what science has done a lot over the years, the, the psychology of science and kind of trying to figure out, you know, mathematical terms or, you know, linguistic terms, you know, what's wrong with you? And I think that's where we've, we've gone astray. I mean, what do you I, you, you and a friend of mine, James Skinner, exactly what he said too. He said science is just messed up, you know. Um, um, in that sense of seeing something in that limited fashion, they won't see the spirituality. They ignore the spiritual side. They ignore the inner side. And yet, they've even discovered now that you can't have a blind study test. That the mind of the person can affect that study even though it's in a locked room. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so something's going on here and they need to wake up. Because Einstein said, you know, I think it was him who said it, you can't figure it out in the mind. You have to go beyond it into this other state of consciousness, this inner world. That's where the answers are. And that's what, that's what the hero's journey is to me, taking people into that world. And yet it is for the brave because it is a scary world sometimes. Most, most of these stories we've heard, the, the hero died. <laughs> right. So it's not always a happy ending, but we got a method by which we can actually work in this world. And create the transformation, and that's remarkable. And then create the music for every human being out of this world, because that, to me, at any rate, that's where you rewrite the story. That's where you can rewrite this story that you've had about your life. And you know, you can have a song like "Let It Be" as your signature song of your life, maybe. Or, although that was written by Paul McCartney, and I don't know whether that is his signature song. To me, it is, because I think it's a just such a spiritual song. And it's going to the other side. It's going to the other side. I'll ask Mother Mary. She's on the spiritual side. I asked a friend of so, mine so, the other day. I was working with his sovereign and I asked him to, to check in with his spiritual family. I don't care what religion you are. That's irrelevant to me. Or what you think God is or what you, whether you believe it or not. Everybody <clears throat> has a spiritual family, even an atheist. <laughs> they won't like to hear that. But I, I remember so, a, a famous yogi saying that if God was truly behind that door, the atheist would be the first one through it. Which is <laughs> <Just> genius. <laughs> they just want the truth. They just want to, they really want that. But they just can't see the perception because they're in the conscious mind trying to figure it out. That's not where it is. Never will be. And so. You know, people want that in a world so much right now. They're craving for it, Bart. They're craving for that more no, than freaking chocolate. I know they're craving for it, and I'm not disputing that whatsoever. It's just yeah. simply that, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's maybe just a choice of words or yeah. expressions. It's just that, you know, what we would call um, in the science of NLP, the one that you kind of uh, put down there earlier on. Uh, I like NLP. I think yeah. I think NLP is really good, but it's the science of the mind. Yeah, and and it's only part of the solution. And I think that's right. Yeah. I think there's so many. And it's useful things. to so it, many me, people. It, it's it's a reference point uh, that I yeah. that I include in the work that I do, um, alongside the the spiritual side. So it's really just a melange of different things. But um, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, oh no, no. What was I going to say now? Uh, well, whatever. So, I'll say something <laughs> else. How do people? How do people find you? Because how do they find what me? you have to offer. Yeah. How, well, how we're do they rewriting the website well because ever since we started this hero's journey, everything has been turned upside down, as you'll experience when you read this article that I sent you. Um, and so I'm rewriting it. Um, however, that being said, you can reach me by email at, sorry, I can't remember my own email. I'll use this one, edwin8guy, that's edwin, E-D-W-I-N, number 8, guy, G-U-Y, at me.com. Okay? Right, what, what's the significance of the 8 and the guy? Just curious. I, I just, somebody else had taken Edwin Guy. Okay. All so right. I had to stick so something guys. in there. So, so maybe somebody else is getting all your But eight is okay. infinity, and, I, and that's a good thing. So, 
Um, no, so N18guy at me.com. That's probably the best way just to send me an email that you're interested. I will send you some information. And um, right now, I'm, I'll offer any listener a free, cons a free interview consultation if they're interested at all at doing any of this work. No charge. I will spend the time asking you questions. I want to make sure that you've got something you really, you know, look at one of your challenges or whatever, whatever comes out of it, but make sure that it makes sense for us to be working together so that we're not wasting each other's time and, um, and uh, give you a, a taste of it. So uh, that's an offer that I will give right now to anybody who wants to email me for that. That's edwin number eight guy g u y at me.com. And um, that's that's the story. <laughs> yeah, and for those listeners, and I think I have one minute left, but for those listeners, I think what's relevant here is that you know, it's too often we're focused on what's wrong. And oh, I remember what I was going to say. 97% of the world is at the effect of the world. So we're basically feeling like they're the victim. And unfortunately, because of that, you know, so many people, as much as they, they should be ready, but they're not you know, able to tap into it. Because also what's happening is they're focused on what's wrong. And and with the work that you get to do with Edwin, what's important relevant there is you get to connect with your inner self in that moment where you are right now. So it's not a focus on what's wrong, but a focus on what is. And then opening up the, the world of possibilities as to where you can go from there. And it's just making those internal shifts within yourself, the energetic shifts. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all energy. We're all vibration. Um, it's just the way that it is. And when we can appreciate that part within us and, and start you know, relating to that linguistically to ourselves, then uh, magic just, just really, truly happens. So, Edwin, I really want to thank you for today. Thank you. Thank um, you. It, well, essentially, it, to it's sum that up, Bart, we teach you how to go into your inner world, find the treasure, play with it, manipulate it into a better place, and get back out again. <laughs> awesome. And with those words, um, I want to thank Sedona. I, I know that, that you had a very busy time right beforehand, so I promise <laughs> I wouldn't put you on the spot. Uh, and uh, so, but thank you for, for being with me today. I want to thank you as well. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, Prescription Free Transformation, Real People, Real Conversations, and Real Success, really giving you new solutions, new ideas, new opportunities to really manifest the life. Uh, as you choose and as you thank you very much and until next time we'll be back thanks for listening to Dr. Rademacher's prescription for transformation join Dr. Barton Rademacher live right here on Radio Star Worldwide each week or on demand 24-7 